the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, the Mantrum Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our review of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. This is part two of our Mystic review. We're going to take a look at Delve Too Deep, Hypnotic Gaze, Moonlight Ritual, and Defiance. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we write cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing respectively. Cards that you build around, or are good in one particular deck, get a blessed token, while cards we believe are destined for the list of taboos or are simply bad for the game get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. This is part two of our look at the Mystic cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. We're going to dive right in with Delve Too Deep. It's an event that costs one resource, insight trait. In player order, each investigator draws one card from the top of the encounter deck, then add Delve Too Deep to the victory display, and it is worth one victory point. Thoughts on Delve Too Deep? I know why this card's here, and it makes a lot of sense when you're just looking at Core and Dunwich, but this card is ripe for abuse. Oh, right. Outside of those two campaigns, and outside of having one single collection, having four players all take Delve Too Deep? Oh, that's right. No. No thank you. <laughs> oh and yeah. then there's also the, the cheese where you have everyone but one player resign, and then that one player draws an encounter card, and then they get to add the Delve Too Deep, and then everybody gets the experience... I get what this card was trying to do, and it's cool. You know, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, this idea that mystics can sort of gain knowledge that they weren't supposed to gain, but the opportunity cost is just way too low for this card. It's so easy to just get free victory points for this card, and it just snowballs out of control. Yeah, because that is a problem. Um, so that's why I, I, I personally never play this card, because... Okay, so if you look at it, in the context of the game you're in, it does nothing. It doesn't even have any icons. So what it, what it is, it's pure luxury. If you're already doing really well, and you already can afford to like have a blank card effectively, and spend an, ac and spend an action that you don't need to do to solve the scenario, and spend a resource that you don't need to progress the scenario, then it gives you, it, it kind of helps you curve out of control later. It's like taking a victory lap around the uh, around the scenario. You know, you've already solved it, and then it means you're already doing really well, and you don't even need the XP to keep going. But that just, this just lets you, you know, curb stomp the, the the next scenario a bit harder. And yeah, I I I like what they were trying to do, like having cards that do something outside of the context of the current scenario, 
I think is a good idea. I just, and they experimented th with this concept, like with adaptable, for example, I think adaptable is a much better like card for spending some resources in adaptable's case XP to get a benefit that doesn't matter within the context of a single scenario. So they had some experimental ideas. I think this one does not work out. We have uh, not been very kind to cards like this that let you uh, break the XP curve in campaigns. If uh, those of you who have seen our recent reviews of uh, cards like Down the Rabbit Hole and uh, in, in the Thick of It from the Edge of the Earth uh, will be familiar with our, our criticisms there. Uh, there are uh, other cards, uh, Arcane Studies being uh, one that was released uh, during the Forgotten Age that uh, does not something similar to this, but allows Mystics to break the XP curve. I can certainly understand why this one was created. I mean, Dunwich is a notoriously stingy with XP, and so giving players a way to earn a little bit extra is nice. I don't think this is the way to do it if that was the issue just raise the amount of xp in the can that's available in the campaign rather than create a card like this i'm not too sure whether this card was created to help mystics specifically like whether this was supposed to be in the mystic color pie because they have since given rogue some like a very similar card and in, in let God sort them out, but also things like Charon's Obel and, and stuff like that. So gaining extra XP is, isn't really a mystic thing. I do like this one slightly more than the others because it does force, it does actually have a cost to it. First, you've got to put this card in your deck that is essentially like has no icons it's really not a good card to put in your deck it it doesn't advance your board state it doesn't really do anything it forces you to pay a resource and take an action to play this card and then you have to draw an encounter card so there is a potential to setback there now i think the biggest issue with this is of course when you're playing this in multiples, if everybody shows up the up at the table with two copies of Delve Too Deep in their deck, you're going to be just raking in the experience points, which again, like you said, Matastrophic, rewards you for doing well already. Yeah. And of course, there is the everybody resigns, but the one player who's playing Delve Too Deep, the one or two players who are playing Delve, and then you're able to simply one player draws one encounter card and everybody gets an experience point for it. This did end up on the list of taboos. It has the, uh, they added the proviso that there is a group limit of two copies of Delve Too Deep in the victory display uh, per game. So if you're playing with the list of taboos, you can do this twice and that's it. I personally would have changed it to say that if you play this, you draw one card per investigator, like they did with clues. So even if you did pull that resign trick, yeah, the person who's left behind would have to still draw four encounter cards. I feel like if you're going to get the XP, that would be a, a reasonable thing. And that would sort of encourage everybody to be like, to play the card as it is intended, that everybody gets an encounter card and, and be done with it. The other thing that really annoys me about this card, in hindsight, it, I don't know if I felt this way back in the day, but this is risky to play in solo 
and the solo players are the ones who could actually use the XP bump because it's hard in solo to get as much XP as it is in multiplayer. And so having a card like this would have been great for solo players, but this is just as bad for a solo player to play. I think it's actually even worse than as for a solo player to play because you can't cheese it. You can't, <laughs> you have to draw the, the encounter card. And if you, so you stick this card in your deck, it basically does nothing until you find the time to take the action and spend the resource to play it. And then you could get, if you draw an enemy that you're not ready for, or just get a bad encounter draw, suddenly your game has been tipped on edge. And this card doesn't feel like it solves the the solo XP deficit to me. Admittedly, I think what's going on here is we're looking at this thing with the benefit of hindsight. I have a feeling that when this when this game was first being conceived, this seemed like a cool idea, and so it made it in. Time has told, you know, whether that it was like a good idea, but at the time when it was printed, it was just like an idea. That that's what I'm guessing happened here. So how would I, we rate this one? It is cool. I mean, it's it's cool that like the players have a way to prevent campaign snowballing, but as written, this card is very easy to abuse, and that is just kind of what happens with a card like this it's just you play it and then you go oh i'm gonna push it further and further and further i mean even to the point where the the designers recognize the power level of this card with the taboo list and they have a group group limit twice mm -hmm. per per whatever per deck or whatever so you can only have two copies per group so yeah i don't know i'm gonna give it a curse token i think it's just not good design i think mm -hmm. the way that they handled it with like god sort them out is a much better approach where it gives the player that played it extra experience rather than giving victory points that apply to everybody yeah i think a lar the larger question um to be asked here so this was very true in the early sets like core and dunwich in particular that the designers went down the road of awarding xp for doing extra things, whether it is getting extra clues from high shard locations, dealing with extra tough enemies, that is what they decided early on to give you, you know, to give you XP for. So tie they tie they decided to tie XP to extra achievements. So I think that's why this thing came to be because like oh the extra achievement everyone takes an additional encounter card that's worth an XP is is what happened here. Now one thing to note is that campaign design has kind of moved away from that has moved away from XP to being earned for doing extra things and more towards XP for just completing the scenario. You get like a base level and that's about it. There's not a lot of opportunities in modern campaigns to get additional above and beyond XP. There's like that larger shift in design philosophy means that this card does is just does not fit with that design philosophy. So I'm also going to give this a curse because it's just bad for the game to like, I mean, the designers thought it wasn't the right way to go. Over time, that is, the designers realized it wasn't the right way to go, tying XP to doing, to doing additional things. So, and this kind of fits with that with that thing that got scrapped. So, curse token. I am going to give this one a curse token as well because, as much as I think the idea is cool, I think it needed a little bit more time in the oven to really sort of sort out the implications of giving away XP to everybody. 
like I could understand if it was like, okay, mystics need a little extra XP because they have all these cards they need to upgrade, like right of seeking and shriveling and stuff like that. If that was the reason, sure, I could understand it. Just give it to the the mystic. And then they did do this with let uh let God sort them out and uh and rogues where rogues get a little only the player who plays it gets the XP, but just sort of handing XP to everybody for no reason other than taking an encounter card which you can easily cheese i think is the is the wrong approach and i really wish that this card had been the helper for the solo player i wish they had recognized that if you're playing solo it's going to be tougher to get those extra victory points especially at this stage of the game like you say metastrophic where xp was often tied to really powerful enemies or really high shroud locations killing those powerful enemies as a solo player takes a lot of resources to do and or investigating those high shroud locations and you often either don't have the time or the resources to necessarily do that so you're sort of skimping by a lot of the time and it would have been nice to have something that said like okay solo players here's your little here's a little bit of a leg up to to help you um with the amount of XP you earn over the campaign. Instead, we end up with a card that just helps multiplayer tables that are already doing well get better. Exactly. So it's kind of yeah. win more in that respect. It's yeah. like if you're doing well to start with and you can afford to play four copies of this or six copies or eight copies, I mean, you really don't need that XP because if yeah. you're able to take, you know, all those extra encounter cards, you're doing pretty well as it is already. Yeah. That is kind of like the, in my opinion, the biggest strike against this whole philosophy, all this design direction that they had taken in the core but abandoned is um, tying XP to victory laps. It's just, it's not a good way to go. The next card we're going to talk about is Hypnotic Gaze. It's a three cost event that has a combat and agility skill icon spell trait. Fast play when an enemy attacks an investigator at your location cancel the attack then reveal a random token from the chaos bag if it has a skull cultist tablet elder thing or auto fail symbol deal the attacking enemy's damage to itself thoughts about hypnotic gaze i don't think i've ever played this card i i think a big reason for that is that it costs three that's a lot of resources for a very niche ability i mean thankfully you at least get the cancel guaranteed but without any real way to manipulate the bag and ensure that you get that token this is just a dodge that costs two extra resources and that's not great you know if if you're looking for a way to deal damage shriveling costs three and deals damage reliably whereas this this you have to have the enemy on the table for a whole round and then play this when it attacks you or if you take an attack of opportunity and then you have to play it then and then you have to cancel it and then you have to pull the right token in order to deal the damage which is i would assume the big reason you're playing this card you know and it's like that is not great you could have just evaded it if you were agnes if you're really worried about that sort of thing or if you're playing Jim, you could probably just kill it with your playing. You know, Jim could also probably pretty reasonably, you know, 
evade something with uh, another card that we'll talk about in a minute, but yeah, yeah, this card is just it just costs too much and does too little. Yeah. Also, um, the the damage dealing part is completely random. Like you can't even boot, you can't boost the test or anything. And one thing that I've found over the course of my years of playing Arkham Horror is that dealing with enemies, you want to be like solid on that. You can afford to like suffer the effects of randomness when looking for clues because they don't the clues the locations don't punch you in the face when you fail to uh, you know get the clues off of them. But like enemies, you got to be like on the ball. So like I would play um, Blinding Light over this, in the context of Court of Lost Dunwich, because at least with Blinding Light, you like it does the thing and you can boost it. So you know you can play your Blinding Light if you need to, and your Guardian can't deal with the enemy, and then you can boost the test to kind of ensure that the Blinding Light goes through. Yeah, I'd play Blinding Light over this. Yeah, the the Blinding Light I believe deals one damage, which is often. Yeah all you're going to get by dealing the attacking enemy's damage to itself anyway. So, yeah, this is one of those cards that, uh, man, I love the art on this one, and it's a real shame that the card is so bad because I have never played this card. I will never play this card. It just costs way too much, and even when you do get your... Uh, you know, a card like Uncage the Soul in uh, the Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion, you can't even play it with this to reduce its cost because playing Uncage the Soul will get you an attack of opportunity. Oh, yeah. Thus, basically <laughs> meaning that this is meaningless. The cancel phrase on this does uh, come into play later down the road when you get Diana Stanley in uh, the Circle Undone, and then it doesn't even work with her because... She could play this, or she could just play Dodge from the Guardian card pool. So this card is like, it just doesn't have a home in any deck. There is a level 2 upgrade in the Jacqueline Fine starter deck that uh, will deal the enemy's damage or horror to itself, yeah. which more reliable is more reliable, and I think it may... I'd sort of dismissed Hypnotic A's level 2, but I, I think it might actually have some might be worthwhile against some of the big ancient ones in this game that dish out tons and tons of horror. Uh, you can use this card against elite or non-elite enemies. So if you're playing the level 2 version, you could hit for 4 damage with this if you if you do manage to pull the right token. But that's something you really need a bigger card pool for. Again, if you're looking for chaos bag manipulation, it is sorely lacking in Dunwich and, and Revised Core, so the odds of you being able to reliably pull any of the special tokens with this is just not not worth your time. Ratings? I'm going to give this an auto-fail just purely for the sake I've never played it and I've never felt a reason why. Or uh, rather, I've never felt a reason that's made me go, yeah, I need this card in my deck for X reason. You know, I feel like shriveling usually covers most enemy management that I need or just evading. Yeah. And this card is just not necessary and it's just it's so expensive and Mystics already struggle with resources that playing a three cost event that may not even really work just doesn't feel great. 
Yeah, I'm going to give this an auto fail as well. I think if you're considering an effect like this, you feel like you need, if you want to devote a card slot or two to enemy management, I would recommend checking out manual dexterity for Agnes and just evading the thing or um, dodge for Jim or even blinding light. So, cause it's more reliable and it kind of advances the board. Um, blinding light at least does. Yeah. I, w I wouldn't play this. It's just too expensive and doesn't do enough. Yeah. Auto fail. Yeah. This one gets an auto fail from me too. It's, it's just not a good card. And unlike a lot of cards that are sort of not very good now, I don't think this one actually gets any better. It really doesn't. It just doesn't actually improve once your card pool grows. So it's just sort of ends up in the box. And unfortunately, I don't think it, uh, there are any investigators that, uh, that really need this effect. And the one investigator who might actually can use it can just take dodge instead. So mm -hmm. auto fail. That brings us to Moonlight Ritual. It's a free event that has an intellect and agility skill icon, spell and insight trait, remove all doom from one card you control. So there aren't a, a great deal of targets for this uh, in this particular set. You've got Alyssa Graham and Blood Pact level three being, uh, being the two. And uh, like we said, when we talked about Alyssa Graham, the whole adding doom to cards you control theme has hasn't really been fleshed out over the years. I think it's one of those things that I think eventually we're going to get a set that that fleshes it out. But uh, even since these cards were printed, I think we've only received one or two that actually deal with adding doom to cards. So limited opportunity to play this. That being said, there is one thing I'd like to point about point out about Moonlight Ritual is that it is a spell, which means that Arcane Initiate from the core, which adds a Doom to itself, can search this card out. So there's that synergy there. So if you want to be playing Alyssa Graham, Arcane Initiate, and Blood Pact all in the same deck, I think this card kind of lets you do that pretty safely. Yeah, I, I think one thing holding this card back is that it does cost you an action. So it can be kind of awkward to play sometimes. You know, especially like if you're using this in combination with Blood Pact, say you're oh, like yeah. you're charging up for a big spell or a big big test and then you draw that auto fail and now you need to make that test again. Now you don't have the actions to play the Moonlight Ritual. It's Oof. you can you can put yourself in a real bind with this card if you're not careful. But yeah. I mean this is the only card that allows you to remove Doom from cards that you control other than either discarding them with some other effect or yeah. having those assets take damage in the yeah. case of arcane initiate I, I think it's not bad i think the one the one real problem with moonlight ritual is it doesn't have any flavor text look at all that white space i also am confused <laughs> why it doesn't have a willpower icon oh yeah why does it, why does it have an agility <laughs> icon on it that's I don't know, because you're dodging doom? I don't know. Or it's because yeah. it's nighttime and you have to like sneak around at night. This this <laughs> is a card, ritual. This card feels like one of those cards they hadn't quite figured out the value of skill icons on cards yet. Yeah. Same with Hypnotic Gaze too. Like if Hypnotic Gaze at least had double icons on it, it'd be a lot more oh, yeah. playable, but as it stands, yeah. And kind of the same with this is if this had two intellect icons. It'd almost be playable if it had two intellect icons. Just because Oh yeah, you... just on its own. Yeah, just uh every once in a while you can remove a doom off of Arcane Initiate. You know, yeah, oh, intellect icons, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's like 
at least at that point, it's a searchable way to get a perception in Mystic. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's a shame because it's like it's one of the only cards that does this type of effect. And if you want to play around with Doom, you have to play this card because it's the only option. I have put this card in uh, in several decks that uh, that play around with adding Doom to cards like Alyssa and uh, and Blood Pact. I don't honestly think I would play more than one copy of this in those decks. And depending on how the game unfolds, I often don't end up playing it. So it's more I find this card as a safety valve than than a necessity a lot of the time because you if you sort of leverage the witching hour you can add doom safely without actually having to use this card it's nice to i mean i don't think i would play Alyssa or blood pact without having at least a copy of this card just in case i need to add more doom than i was expecting but i know i i, I think i was playing an agnes deck recently with blood pact and I had a copy of this in my deck and it just never never came up. So I'm but glad this card happy exists. That it existed and you had it in your deck though, right? You, yeah, you were happy I'm it glad there. it exists and yeah. I'm glad it was in my deck, but I don't mm -hmm. think just because you are playing with Alyssa Graham and Blood Pack doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna have to to remove the Doom all the time. How would we rate this one? This is gonna get a blessed token for me. Like you gotta be playing the Doom cards. <laughs> you know, plain and simple. It's a bless. Um, one thing that, as we were discussing um, the options here that came to me, is that Jim can. I, I think I'm, I'm envisioning a Jim deck with maybe Alyssa Graham, definitely Arcane Initiate, Blood Pact. So you can use that to uh, use Blood Pact to add Doom to add to his um, willpower and his uh, combat tests. You have this. But I think Jim can also really make good use of quick thinking in that deck to uh, deal with the problem of not have, maybe not having enough actions to play Moonlight Ritual. Because if you're, if you're Jim and you need to like get a lot of things done on one turn, he can go nuts with Blood Pacts, um, throw in a quick thinking to buy himself a fourth action and use that quick thinking action to play Moonlight Ritual. Then I think you've got a nice stew going. But uh, that's definitely a bless for this card. Yeah, I'm going to give this a bless too. It's, it's pretty clear that unless you're playing the Doom cards... This one doesn't really uh, doesn't really belong in your deck, and I would go so far as to say, like, if you have just started playing this game, you've got the revised core in Dunwich, and you're playing Arcane Initiate, I don't think that is a good enough reason to put this in your deck. I think you can live without it. This is really for if you are playing, if you add Alyssa and Blood Pack to the mix then it's worthwhile because usually what happens with arcane initiate is you play it you either end up killing her off before um the doom matters or you just suck up that missed turn the doom goes away when the agenda advances and then you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the game so i wouldn't put this in my deck if i was just playing arcane initiate but i would consider at least one copy if you're playing cards that add doom and and who knows, maybe we will get a set to, at some point down the road that fleshes out the whole playing around with Doom on player cards, because I think that could be a really fun and exciting idea for, for Mystics to explore. But uh, unfortunately, we just haven't quite gotten there yet. So 
The last card we're going to look at in this uh, video is Defiance. It is a skill with one wild skill icon, the innate trait. Before revealing chaos tokens for this task, choose one of the following symbols. Skull, cultist, tablet, or elder thing. Ignore the effects of the chosen symbol during this test, including its modifier. Thoughts on Defiance? I don't know. It's not terrible. Depending on one, the difficulty you're playing on, and two, the investigator that you're playing. You know, I, I think if you're playing Agnes, this is okay, because you have five willpower, and then you boost that up to a six, and then you just call the minus three or the minus four token, and then that's pretty good. But in gym, I don't know, because I feel like with gym, you're, you're negating the skulls anyway, so, like, you're already kind of doing a quarter of what this card is doing anyway. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know how useful it is in gym. And other investigators, I don't think, ever even consider this card. You know, but I, yeah. I think in Agnes, it's okay. Maybe even in um, uh, Daisy as well, because you could boost your uh, intellect with it. And then kind mm -hmm. of do the same thing and negate, like, one particular token. It's okay. Yeah, I think okay is a good way to way to say it. I earlier in the previous video, Mr. Lang, you were talking about bag mathematics and like kind of a basic idea of how that works. So often enough, defiance. What it? I think if you squint really hard to use that phrase, what it really does is it says it gives you plus one to a test, but it also negates the one really nasty like elder thing that is in the bag. You call Elder Thing and you say, okay, well, I'm I'm getting a plus one. So thus I'm succeeding on, you know, minus twos are better. And then I'm also succeeding on that really nasty token, which can sometimes equate to like another plus one. Often enough, it's like plus a half, you know, virtually. So I would see this like your third and fourth copy of Unexpected Courage. I wouldn't play this over Unexpected Courage, like, ever, but I, I, I could see it as, like, you have some space left over, and you play, you have two Guts, and you have two um, Unexpected Courage, and then maybe one or two Defiance, just to kind of, like, be card number thir uh, 29 and 30. Honestly, I don't think this card does enough work at this stage of the game. I think I would rather play a lot of the neutral skills over this. Even though this gives me a wild skill icon, I think I'd rather have the other icons, two of those, rather than than one wild. I just find that I think with this card, it's, it's really intended to be like, if one of these symbols is going to hose you, this is your opportunity to get rid of it for this one particular test. And now there are... I'm not going to spoil anything, but there are some pretty nasty tokens. Usually Elder Things. Usually Elder Things that are really bad news. And if you draw them, they could potentially change the game for you. So being able for one test to say, okay, I'm going to call Elder Thing and I'm going to be safe from that. I mean, that's a nice effect. But again, we don't really have a lot of Chaos Bag manipulation at this stage. So, I mean what there's one elder thing in the bag so you're basically hedging against a five you know five or 
10% or whatever it works out to be in yeah. the end. And it just, it just doesn't feel like it's enough. Now, the level two upgrade that uh, was released in Heart of the Elders ignores all the special symbols. Now, that to me, I'd be willing to pay two XP for if yeah. I was really concerned about the tokens that I was going to be pulling. Especially if you have a way to like recycle it and, and play it a couple times per game. So several tests are basically ignoring all the special tokens. That seems like the power level I'm looking for. But just ignoring one token for one test, honestly, I just don't find the most of the time the special tokens just aren't impactful enough to really warrant that there are times when yeah definitely they will completely tip a game against you but in my experience that's just few and far between how would we rate this one i'm gonna give it a zero i think it's fine personally i've used this card and specifically like five willpower or five one of one stat investigators and you know when you boost yourself up to a six with it and then you're you're hedging against that one extra token. I think it's okay. It's not going to be the greatest card in your deck, but you know if you're looking for a card that's going to be okay in some early scenarios and then a pretty easy upgrade out of, it's serviceable. I actually agree spot on with you, Nate, about um, what it does and what it's good for. I think that though is like an elder thing in my rating scale, like that, what you were talking about. You know where. It gives you a plus one, but it also kind of negates the one nasty token sometimes. Yeah, I think that's an elder thing. I'm going to give it an elder thing as well. I, I certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't frown on you for playing this, at least at the beginning of a campaign, and especially if you're just playing revised uh, core set and Dunwich. I mean, you don't have a lot of skill options as as a mystic, but I would seriously look at playing neutral skills above this one or getting this out of your deck you know upgrading out of it as quickly as possible i just feel like it it never does enough for you if you had a way of say calling the token and then reliably pulling the token so basically you're nullifying the chaos bag for a pull sure but that's uh, that's just not that easy to do it uh, at this stage of the game that's going to do it for part two of our look at the Mystic cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. Let us know in the comments down below what you think. Any final thoughts? Very niche cards in this collection. Hypnotic Gaze, oh, yeah. Moonlight Ritual. Uh, I feel like these were themes that they were they were looking to expand upon in future sets, and uh -huh. I think those future sets have still yet to arrive. Yeah. There's no linchpin in... Um dunwich for the bag diving where you want to draw specific tokens there seems to be a lot of like support for it but there's no like linchpin like olive mcbride yeah she really should have been in this set shouldn't she yeah i think so i think this is this is the set like if you had replaced Alyssa with olive yeah this is a very different set because all of a sudden you have a reliable way of drawing multiple tokens but uh without the power of olive a lot of the a lot of these if you draw a special token cards just sort of seem like well am i going to waste like a, a a grotesque statue charge on this and even that just gets yeah. you an additional token and grotesque statue like costs xp and it's 
pretty expensive in terms of XP and, you know, resources and stuff just to be able to, to trigger some of these cards. I have a feeling that one day Moonlight Ritual is going to be awesome. <laughs> you're going to have, like, you're going to play it and be like, this is this is one of the greatest cards. It, it helps my deck so much. But, yeah, we just haven't seen the... Haven't seen a whole lot of adding Doom to cards since uh, since Dunwich. So still waiting on that one. So any day, Maxine. We're... Any day. <laughs> I think one thing that's kind of weird about some of these, like, draw special tokens abilities on some of these cards as well is that, like, some of them are bad. You know, mm-hmm. they, they hurt you as an investigator, say, like, Rite of Seeking and Shriveling and stuff like that. And then we have Hypnotic Gaze and... Uh, the other uh, defiance as well that like benefit you from drawing a special symbol so it's like pulling on both ends and it like can't really make up its mind it seems mm-hmm. yeah that's true with with things like right of seeking where you pull a special token it's bad and then these ones it's good yeah if you're new if you're um have a small card pool and you pick up the Jacqueline fine starter deck I think she kind of brings a lot of these effects together because Jacqueline herself can help you pick a t- pick the token you want. But Jacqueline Fine also includes things like Azure Flame and Clairvoyance, which are kind of like equivalents to Shriveling and Rite of Seeking, but don't hurt you on the uh, symbol tokens. Yeah, I, I would say that ja- if, if you enjoy playing Mystic and you enjoy... Yeah. If you've enjoyed playing Mystic in Revised Core and, uh, and Dunwich, then... Picking up the Jacqueline Fine starter deck as a next step is 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 pretty good. You do get some of that chaos bag manipulation that is that is missing in this set, as well as some of the uh, I believe uh, Robes of Endless Night is in there, which gives you a way to make some of these very expensive assets like Rite of Seeking a little bit cheaper. And of course, if you are fortunate enough to pick up a copy of the Path to Carcosa investigator expansion which was just released there are some very nice uh mystic cards in that as well that will uh that will solve your resource problems that's going to do it for this episode if you enjoyed what you hear remember to like comment and subscribe if you need to contact me i can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com i'm also on twitter at manfromlang until the stars are right keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer take care out there and happy investigating